Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. For all we know, we don't have any history. It had never rained to this point. Why would you have a boat? There's no rain. He's in the middle of a dry area. There's no water around him. And God says, I'm going to bring acetyl fluoroxide and absolate. Noah says, good, I'll build a boat. You see how crazy that is? What is faith? Simply believing God. There's so much deception and attempts at deception these days. Is there any public figure, politician, or media personality that you trust without question? Of course not. They haven't earned that. In many cases, it's just the opposite. They've earned your distrust. And then there's God. He's telling you about the most important things, your eternal destination, and how to get to the good place. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that it all boils down to choosing to trust God just like the Old Testament saints did. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Steps of Faith. Here's the next statement you need to write. And it needs to be clear in your mind. There's a big difference between living and existing and walking with God. Enoch was 65 years old. He'd lived 65 years. He existed 65 years. But it can only be called existing because God was not part of his life. When he met God, it changed. And he became someone that had purpose and meaning. And life, all of a sudden, was a walk with God. There has to be that change, that personal relationship. And when he began to do that, the intimacy, the conversation, the humility, the justice, the mercy, all of those things began to fall into place. You see... Many Christ followers, well, they become complacent in their relationship with God. And they kind of claim that they have this walk with God, but really they're not walking with God. Let me just ask you some questions right here for a moment. Answer these yourself, kind of like a mini evaluation. Am I becoming more authentic in my Christian walk than last year? Am I further along in my spiritual growth than last month or last year? Does the Bible come alive to me 
when I come apart and allow God to speak to me? Am I excited with my prayer life and with God's answers? Do I have the joy of the Lord? And does it show? And last, is my life best defined as existing or walking with God? You see, Christ came to give us life abundantly. That life that's called walking with God. Now turn back to Genesis chapter 5, first book of the Bible. Look down to verse 23. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more. Because God took him away. I don't know what Enoch looked like, but what happened the next day when Enoch's wife looked for Enoch? Methuselah says, where's dad? We don't know. Interesting, isn't it? What went through their mind? I thought of something like this. If there had been a milk carton, Enoch's face would have been on it. It would have been all over the stores. Enoch is missing. He's 365 years old. Just a young man in those days. I don't know what he looked like. Put in your mind, what would that day have looked like when all of a sudden he's gone? Well, where did he go? What happened? Did God tell him that was going to happen? Did his wife know? Did the family know? He was just gone. A little girl came home from Sunday school. And her mother asked, what did your teacher tell you about today? And the little girl said, well, she told us about this man named Enoch. You can see that this was a good Bible teaching Sunday school. By the way, that's what we have. And the mother said, well, what did you learn about Enoch? So the little girl began to tell her mom this story. Enoch lived a long time ago. And God would come by every afternoon and say to Enoch, Enoch, would you like to take a walk with me? Enoch would say, yes, I'd like to take a walk with you, God. And so every day God would come to Enoch's house and Enoch would go walking with God. One day God came by and said to Enoch, let's take a long walk today. I want to talk to you. So they started out. Before they left, Enoch got his coat, even got a lunch. And they started walking. They walked. And they walked, and they walked, and the little girl's embellishing the story with her mom. And finally, it got late. And Enoch said to God, God, it's getting late. We've never gone this way. I'm a long way from home. Maybe we should start back now. But God said to Enoch, Enoch, you're closer to my home than your home. So come on home with me. And so Enoch went home with God. I love it. One day, God just said, you're closer to home? Come on home. You're looking forward to that day when God just says, come on home. It's going to happen by death or it's going to happen by the rapture. I don't really know. But one day, we're going to be at home with God. Now, go back to Hebrews chapter 11. You'll be back to Genesis, so just remember where you found it. Hebrews 11. By the way, 
Enoch is the first rapture of a man in the Bible. Somebody said God was practicing. See if you could get it right. I don't think so. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible. You want to circle that word. It's impossible. It doesn't say it's difficult. It doesn't say it's a pretty tough thing. It says it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him, number one, must believe that he exists. And number two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Notice it doesn't stop with who comes to him must believe that he exists. If it stopped there, we're in trouble. Do you know that much of the world believes in a higher power or that God exists? And they go, I'm going to go to heaven. Why are you going to heaven? I believe God. I believe in God. Well, the demons believe that God exists. They know he exists. That's where they came from, heaven. So it's not enough just to believe that God exists. There has to be a personal relationship with him. So this life of faith pleases God. God loves to be trusted. Before he was taken, Enoch, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So obviously he believed in God. And how much do I have to believe in God? Here's what I would say. We must believe God enough to become a follower of God. That's very different than simply believing in God or believing that there is a God. That's exactly what happened with Enoch. He believed in God enough that he spent the next 300 years walking with him. Relationship. Intimate, personal relationship with God. Notice the second part says, and that he rewards those who play at their relationship with God. Is that what it says? No. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. What does that mean? I think this is huge. You can't be a person that pleases God if, number one, you're not a follower of God. And number two, you can't be a person that pleases God if you don't have the right view of God's character. What is the view of God's character? What is the right view? Well, he's gracious. He's faithful. He's long-suffering. He's a generous, giving God. That's the right view of God. So we must believe God enough to become a follower, and we must believe God is a good guy who loves to give good gifts to his kids. That's biblical. That's exactly right. And so what are the rewards you and I get? How does he reward me? Well, I get forgiveness and righteousness and everything I need to live on this earth. I get peace. I get his promises. I get his power. I get his infilling. I get everything I need. He's a good God. How about an amen somewhere in there? He's a good God. He's a good God. 
And if you don't have that character of God in your mind, maybe you're going through a trial. You say, well, I don't see much goodness. Well, the Father disciplines us in love. And sometimes discipline, or sometimes he just lets us go through a trial. What? To increase my patience and my faith that I can trust him. And the next person that we're going to see in verse 7 is a man named Noah. And here's a man who's going to have faith by waiting. Verse 7. By faith, notice, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Some of you have read uh, a little thing that you've gotten by a million emails. Somebody forwarded it to you. Everything I learned from Noah's Ark. You probably got it before. Let me read you a couple of them. What am I going to learn from what we're going to talk about here now? Number one, don't miss the boat. That's a good one right there, isn't it? Number two, remember we're all in the same boat. Number three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah entered the ark. Number four, stay fit. (laughs) When you're 600 years old, someone may ask you to do something really big. (laughs) Here's one. We'll see it as we go through. Number five, don't listen to critics. Just get on with the job that needs to be done. Number seven, for safety's sake, travel in pairs. Number nine, when you're stressed, float a while. I like it. Number ten, this is for you engineers. Remember the ark was built by amateurs, the Titanic by professionals. (laughs) And those of you that are in that storm... Number 11, no matter the storm, when you are with God, there's always a rainbow coming. Amen. Now, turn back to Genesis chapter 6. Noah. We're not going to go through the whole life of Noah, obviously. But I'll give you a few little goodies. Remind us of faith. That's what we're talking about. And understand what great faith he had. Genesis 6, verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination and thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Notice again the thought life. Remember we talked the battle is in our minds. Satan kept tempting the mind of man and the mind of man was always against God. As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Look down to verse 9. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And here we go again. He walked with God. Isn't this amazing? At the time that this is written, there was only one righteous man in all the earth. And it was Noah. You talk about being alone. It was only Noah. Now look down to verse 17. Here's the warning that comes from God. I'm going to read you this warning and see if it makes any sense to you. You're Noah. 
Here's the warning from God. God says, I'm going to bring acetyl fluoroxide napsylate on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Do you have any idea what I just said? I'm a chemist and I have no idea what I just said. What in the world is acetyl fluoroxide napsylate? Just words I put together from my own memory of chemistry. Means nothing to me. Means nothing to you. Now, if God said that was coming, and you have no recollection what that means, you have no common sense what that means, what are you going to do with that? Well, look at what he really said to him, verse 17. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath in it, everything on the earth will perish. Well, what is floodwaters? Same thing as acetyl fluoxide napsylate. Noah had no flood. What's a flood? For all we know, we don't have any history. It had never rained to this point. Why would you have a boat? There's no rain. He's in the middle of a dry area. There's no water around him. And God says, I'm going to bring acetyl fluoxide napsylate. Noah says, good, I'll build a boat. You see how crazy that is? What is faith? Simply believing God. Not understanding it. Not by sight. Doesn't even make sense to his head. God said it. You see, when you look at all of that, Noah simply believed God that rain and flood would destroy the earth. Faith again, remember, complete confidence that God will do what he said. Noah just didn't believe. But we told you active faith begins to do something. So what did he do? He believed enough to build the ark. Here's the next thing you want to write. Real active faith will always do something in obedience to God. It's not just believing but it's in obedience to God. Pastor Mark, I believe God's called me to be an engineer, a nurse, going off to college. Praise the Lord. What are you going to do with that? I believe he's going to help me. He is. I've got faith that he will. He will. I don't think I'm going to need to study. You're wrong. (laughs) See, real act of faith is going to be what? You're going to do your part. Can you pray for God to help with recollection? Yes, but recollection means that you read it the first time. So that sounds stupid, but sometimes we just expect God to do this and we do nothing. No, that's that old thing again between faith and works. Works always come second, but there must be this active faith and obedience. Remember, Noah walked by faith, not by sight. He didn't understand any of this. Now, remember, the writer of Hebrews is writing to this little group of people. They have been made fun at. They were being persecuted by their relatives and by the people in the community because they had changed to believe in Jesus Christ. Someone you couldn't see. There was no proof. We're after his death, burial, and resurrection. Nobody there had seen this. And so they're going through all of this. They're kind of thinking, 
People are making fun of us. I think maybe we ought to go back. So they felt just like Noah felt. Doubtless, he was the butt of many, many jokes over 120 years. Can you imagine that? He's just out there every day faithfully. and But Noah's obedience to the people around him, maybe even his family initially, made him weird. A boat, a flood in the middle of dry land. Well, the writer of Hebrews, I think, is so inspired, obviously, because he's writing this. He's saying to these little Jewish people, what are you upset at? You're a minority. Noah was one. And yet he obeyed God because he knew God's promises were true. Guys, believe in God. He'll get you through this trouble in Rome or whatever city they were in. So Noah worked in faith and he witnessed in faith for 120 years. What does Noah represent to us? Enoch represented to us walking by faith. Abel represented to us worshiping by faith. Here's the third one you need to write. You can write it in your Bible if you want. Noah represents waiting by faith. Wouldn't it be nice that Noah could have built the boat in 30 days? But it took 120 years. Do you know, after he got on the boat, he had to wait and wait. At one point, he waited 150 days with no word from God. Cooped up in a boat with all those wonderful animals you saw. Feeding him, doing all of this stuff. So Noah's faith was obviously rewarded. Because of his witness, his whole household was saved while the rest of humanity perished. Notice Genesis 7.1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Let me just say something to you. Because Noah was faithful, and he believed God, and he witnessed to his family, and he waited by faith, all of his family came to salvation. Probably isn't a person in this building where every member of your family is a believer. Don't give up praying. Don't give up witnessing when God opens the door. Be faithful. Noah was faithful, and God brought this. Notice in verse 7-1 what you just saw there. It was the invitation to come. It was the invitation to come into the ark. It's the first time that we see this offer come from God, come into safety. It's repeated over and over and over again in the Bible from God. Come, come unto me, all you who are labor and weary, and I will give you rest. All through the Bible. And you know, right to the book of Revelation, look at the last chapter in the book of Revelation. The spirit and the bride say what? Come and let him who says come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about how God expects you to move from just believing God exists to doing what God's told you to do. 
you found out that God has told you what to do, it's in the Bible. Pastor Mark also told you about Noah and his faith. He really did put his faith into action by building the ark when there was nothing to prepare him for that. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, Steps of Faith. Next time, he'll begin the message, The Faith of Abraham. You'll learn of Abraham's beginnings as a total pagan. You'll hear how God called him and how Abram added action to his faith. You'll find out how you can learn to do the same by listening to God, then doing what he tells you to. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting